The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we began to see yesterday, there are many burdens in life. Of course, the most onerous burden of all is the burden of sin, which Jesus Christ himself bore on our behalf. There are other burdens, too, that we often place upon ourselves in this walk of life. Join us today as Elder John Morgan Owens concludes this sermon, expounding further upon the burdens of life and pointing us to the one who can help us. We first have a song selection that we hope you enjoy, but then please stay tuned for the conclusion of this message.
Well, what's happening is that these, these people who had been Jews their whole life, these people that were Pharisees that were now believers of Christ, okay, so we're not talking about Jewish people, we're talking about Christians, okay, all Christians. But the people that had Jewish ancestry, <laughs> Jewish heritage, they said these people coming in, these Gentiles, it's not just good enough that Jesus died for them and shed his blood for them. They've also got to keep the law of Moses, just like we did. They've got to be circumcised. They've got to keep all of the law. And in response, verse 6, And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. And when there had been much disputing, they were arguing over this. They were arguing over whether... <laughs> The blood of Christ was sufficient for his children. You think about that. That's how, that's how much we want to be in this legalistic mindset. We want to make rules so that we can follow the rules. Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, to put a yoke, to put bondage on them, to put a burden on them, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? <laughs> He said, why do you want to do this? Why do you want these Christians, these Gentile Christians, to be circumcised, to have to keep all the law of Moses? You realize we weren't able to keep the law of Moses. <laughs> why do you want to put them in burdens? You know, the, the idea is that you as a child of God have been liberated from the burdens of your sin. But... Satan doesn't want you to feel liberated, okay? He wants you to go back and to put on the burdens of your sin. You realize here, I pray, you realize here that the sin problem that you had, that thing that separated you and God, was not accomplished by your work, by your help. It was accomplished by Jesus Christ alone because He loves you. And so your sin that separates you has been handled. That is a burden that you were not able to bear, and so who bore it? Jesus Christ came down. You were sitting there under that squat bar, and you were getting crushed by that, by that weight. And so what did Jesus do? He comes in, he pushes you out of the way to safety. He takes the bar on his shoulder, and he lifts the weight. Right? That's what Jesus does. He doesn't come in and, and sort of just help you, give you the nudge. He takes the weight upon his own shoulders, and he crushes himself for you. And so the sin problem is a burden that you should not bear. Now, I say should not because here's what happens. Okay, I do this. You've all done this. We believe in the doctrines of grace. We believe that Jesus has paid for our sins, but for some reason, we still take the burden of our sins on our shoulders. The guilt. <laughs> we, we take those past sins that we've committed in our lives and we bring them back up and we put them back on our shoulders. And we feel like we've got to make amends for it. We feel like we've got to, we've got to bear that burden. Jesus Christ 
bore that burden for you, okay? You can let it go. Now, that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that there aren't consequences for your sins. David, King David, he was a man after God's own heart. <laughs> he committed sin, right? He, he, he lusted. He acted on that lust. And what did God say? I mean, God, said, God was going to bless David because he chose him. But David suffered war for the rest of his life. He had, he had children try to, try to rebel against him. He had, uh, you know, he, he lost many people. He watched many people die because of his problems, because of his sin. Sin does have consequences, but you need to remember this. Your seat in heaven, your place in heaven at the end of time when the resurrection comes, that place is reserved for you in Jesus Christ because of his blood. It doesn't matter your sins, okay? In this sinful, broken world, is any sin too great for God's forgiveness? And it's not, okay? But look, if you do like David, if you commit adultery and, and you commit murder, <laughs> there are going to be consequences. David's in heaven, but he, he suffered consequences of his actions, okay? So I don't want you to bear the burden of sin and, and, and to... And to let that distract you from the present service of God, okay? All right, there's some more burdens. Isaiah chapter 46, we'll look at this one real quick. And uh, Isaiah 46 and verse 1, it says, Bel boweth down, Nebo stoopeth. These are, these are these false gods, Bel and Nebo. These are, these are things that people worshipped. Their idols were upon the beasts and upon the cattle, your carriages were heavy loaden. They are a burden to the weary beast. They stoop, they bow down together. They could not deliver the burden, but themselves are gone into captivity. He's, he's given us an image of these idols, these images that people have, had carved, maybe out of stone, maybe out of gold, I don't know. But they were a burden, <laughs> Your idols that you have, child of God, are burdens, okay? Um, and I, I think I said this uh, last week or last time I, I tried to preach. Uh, you probably don't have a big golden image in your home, but I guarantee you've got idols in your home, okay? And, and if, if that steps on anybody's toes, believe me, I, 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 I know of what I speak, okay? I have idols, okay? But they are burdens. A lot of times we look to these idols, these things, these hobbies. Uh, maybe, maybe your idol is money. You think that if you've got enough money, it'll solve your problem. So you're looking to that thing for deliverance. Here's the problem. That thing won't deliver you, okay? Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. You know, sometimes I'm having a bad day, and I look forward to... You know, I look forward to watching TV at home or something. That, it helps me. It gives me a little hope. I'm thinking, man, that's going to that's gonna deliver me from, from my stress, from my problems. Guess what? It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't deliver. But that's your idols. Those things that you, you look to for deliverance from your sin or deliverance from your problems, and they can't carry you. What ends up happening is they, you carry them. <laughs> You think about when, when the Ark of the Covenant was in there in, in the uh, Temple of Dagon 
and Dagon falls on his face before the Ark of the Covenant, what did they do? They had to, the priest of Dagon had to lift up their God and put him back on his stand. Was he helping them? Was he delivering them? No, they were delivering him, right? They were having to help him out. And you realize when you look at God, you compare that to who your God is, and you realize God is not somebody you have to carry around. God's not somebody that you have to help out. God is the God, and it says later in this, in this passage, God is the God who carries you from, from, from you being in the womb all the way to your, your last days. He carries you, okay? I want you to think about that as you're putting these burdens on your back every day. As you're putting burdens on your back, God is the one who carries you, okay? We get so stressed out because we can't handle these burdens. God is carrying you, okay? You don't have to worry about how much weight you've got on your back if God's carrying you. He's carrying all of your weight and all of everything. All right, uh, let's go to Mark 4, and we need to sort of speed it up here. Mark chapter 4. All right, another, another type of burden that we carry. This is probably a more common one that we all have. Let's go to verse 18 of Mark 4. This is the parable of the sower. It says, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. This is a category of, of child of God who hears the word, but yet we're so distracted by the burdens of this world that we don't take heed to the word, right? This is, you, you, Satan is working, okay? He is distracting you with all of your things, all of your activities, everything you've got going on, all your burdens that you're carrying, the, the care, the fear, the worry. Matthew, uh, let's go to the book of Matthew 6. And you all know this. This is Jesus himself teaching on worry. In Matthew 6 and verse 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Is your life more than what you eat and the clothes that you wear? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Look, I get, I'll be honest, I get very, very nervous when we have little to nothing in the savings account. Okay, I get nervous. But you see these birds out there, and they don't have, they don't have a barn somewhere where they're storing all their grain for winter, right? And yet God provides for them. And, and did he shed his blood for birds? <laughs> no, he shed his blood for you and for me. Now, that doesn't mean we're reckless, right? Let's just, we don't have to have any money in the savings account. You know, God gave us brains for a reason. But nonetheless, I'm not talking about being wise. I'm talking about not letting these burdens affect you, right? I let the burdens and the worries and the fear of what might happen affect me. Later on, of course, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know, this morning, 
as I was putting on, on me the burdens of, of tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, what I'm, what, what I'm doing is I'm putting on burdens that I don't need to even bear yet. Today, I've got enough, I've got enough legitimate burdens that I need to bear today uh, to suffice. And that's what he says. He said, don't worry about tomorrow, okay? Just handle today. You know, that's ultimately what fear is. Um, you know, so we've got, you've got worry, we've got cares, we've got fear. They're really sort of all related. And what it is, fear is essentially the anticipation of something that you imagine is going to happen. It's when you think that there's some evil or there's some danger that's coming to you, that's what fear is. You know, you ever watch a scary movie? You know, the fear of, of the movie, right, is, is not after the, the, the thing that you're scared of is on, on camera, right? The fear is in the anticipation, right? That's, that's where they get you. You know, they, they will just build up a moment in a, in a scene, and you're waiting, you're waiting for that thing to jump out. You're waiting for something to happen. That's fear. Okay, that emotion that you're experiencing is fear. It's you imagining some future thing. You're worrying about something that's going to happen in the future. Why should we do this? You know, why should I worry about what's going to happen tomorrow? Because guess what? I've lived through that many times in my life. And you know what happens? When tomorrow comes, it's never as bad as I thought it was going to be. And, and look, if it is, if it is as bad or if it's worse, there's no sense in me wasting good time today worrying about it, right? Look, I, I have been very candid with you about my fear of the stomach virus, okay? I know you all know that. You all know that uh, I'm paranoid of the stomach virus. I have spent so much of my, I, I'm, I'm not joking, I've spent so much of my life worried that I'm going to get the stomach virus. I have, I have wasted, I, I, you know, I, maybe I saw somebody like, you know, five days ago and I found out they had the stomach virus. And that night is a restless night of sleep for me because I'm thinking it's going to hit. It's going to hit any moment, you know. You go to bed and you're thinking, well, the storm's going to come tonight. You just know it. And how many nights have I wasted worrying about something that is probably not going to happen? And I had to, I've literally had to tell myself that. If it happens, it happens, man. You know, if it does, then you'll survive it. And if it doesn't, which it probably won't, you'll be happy that you didn't waste this time worrying about it, right? It does you no good. You think about all the burdens that we carry. Now, that's a, that's a, silly, uh, it's a silly example, uh, you know, of course, until you have the stomach virus, and it's not silly at all, you know. But it's, a, it's sort of a small example compared to the things that we tend to worry about. But look, I'm, I, we, need, we need to try to stop <laughs> worrying about things that are not going to happen, okay? Ultimately, your chances of these things that you're worried about happen are very, very slim. And guess what's going to happen? If they do happen, God's there with you. <laughs> He's going to get you through it, okay? Say you're worried about cancer. You're worried about losing a loved one. You know, that may happen to you. You may lose a loved one. But the Lord is going to be there with you, okay? There's no sense in you wasting the time that you've got with that person, <laughs> worrying about something that's not there, okay? Now, we shouldn't take people or things for granted, obviously, you know? 
But if you sit there and you just sit there and worry and worry and worry about something that might happen, you're wasting today. And Satan is a master at doing that, okay? Because he knows how much we want to worry. <laughs> and if you feed, it, you, you feed me a little worry, it'll go a long way with me, okay? I will take that worry and it will grow dividends inside my mind, okay? It, it will exponentially grow. You know, I can, hear, I can hear somebody, the tone of their voice when they say something. Maybe they're saying something positive, but the tone, I'm thinking, uh-oh, something, might, something bad might happen, you know? And then that worry begins to grow, and it begins to develop its own, its own ecosystem inside your mind, right? We're masters of that. But remember this, child of God, when that is happening to you, Satan is having a field day, okay? He is winning because he is keeping you distracted by that worry when you could be looking up and seeing your king, your God, who has liberated you from this. All right, now, we need to really move along here. Um, I've got nine minutes. All right, so let's go to Matthew 11 and verse 28. Jesus says this, he knows your problems, okay? He knows that you worry. He knows that you have burdens. He says this, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Man, isn't that what you want? When you're in the midst of worry, you feel a sense of unrest, and you just want some peace. You just want some rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. He says, for my yoke, that thing upon my neck, upon my shoulders, it is light. It is, well, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay, so a few things here. You know, come unto him, obviously, the, the sin problem that we had that separated us between God, that eternal sense, that was not something that you could come to God about, okay? Because you were, you were trapped under the bondage of that. You were dead in trespassing and sins. A dead person can't feel weight. He can't get up and carry his weight to Jesus. That's not what he's talking about here. He, he saved you from that on his own volition. Now, today, for instance... As a child of God who's been born again, now you feel the weight that's on you. And now you have capability, because you're alive, to carry the burdens that you have upon your back to Jesus. All right, but now, here's something that we miss out on this passage. Is that you don't just, you know, you don't just go to Jesus, and there's a bucket there, and you just dump your problems in the bucket. Okay, that's not how it works. That's not what the scripture says. You know, there is a sense, and there's other, other scripture that says, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. This passage is talking about not, not you dumping your problems on him. It's a trade, okay? What's happening here is a trade. It's a transaction between you and Jesus. You don't just dump your problems on him. You take something from him too, okay? So you trade something. He says, come unto me all, all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. You can give him your problems, those burdens, those, those fears maybe, those things that, that you don't need to bear right now. You give them to him. But guess what happens if you just do that and you walk away? 
those things are going to come right back. You've got to, you've got to complete the trade, right? Just what the, what the Scripture says. He says, take my yoke upon you. So what you want to do is you want to take your burdens off and you want to take the load of Jesus Christ, that yoke that's upon his shoulders, and you want to put it on you. <clears throat> imagine, imagine when you remember <laughs> that thing, that, that, that ray of hope that you've got, that yoke that you might carry on your back, that Jesus' yoke, when you might remember <laughs> when you're carrying these burdens, said, I don't, I don't have to carry you right now <laughs> because Jesus Christ, my King, my Lord, has made me free. I'm a child of the King. And when you breathe your last, or maybe Jesus comes back before you die, you know what's going to happen? <laughs> you are going to be in heaven forever with Him. And all of these burdens and all these bondages, they're not going to matter. They're not going to bother you. <laughs> That's the yoke of Jesus Christ. <laughs> is, is living like you actually are the Son of God. Because you are, okay? Not in the same way that, that Christ is, but you have been given... By, by his adoption, you have been given the same place, okay? You're not begotten as Jesus is begotten of the Father, but you're adopted, all right? And that means legally you have the same stance before God the Father as Jesus Christ does. So you need to take that. You need to take that yoke and put it on you, okay? That is an easy burden to take. I'll take the burden of, of being beloved of the Father because you are. And, and Jesus Christ, when God looks at you, He sees the blood, the righteousness of Jesus Christ upon you. Now you think about that when you're carrying all those burdens. It's a pretty uh, silly thought to think of, of the son of, of the king of this universe carrying all these problems and troubles around when the God of this universe has, has eliminated your problems when He purchased you. I hope that's been some encouragement to you. I know preaching on, on worry is it's almost a vain thing because I know we're going to worry, okay? And God knows that we're going to worry. And that's why He has given us that open invitation. That, that invitation that He gives us there at the end is not to come be born again. It's for born-again children who are alive already to come to their father, to come to their friend as many times as they need to to exchange their burdens with the light the treasured burden that he carries of being the beloved son of God. And that's what you are. That's what you are. You just need to remember it. And remember that Satan doesn't want you to think about that. He doesn't want you keeping your eyes up just like Pharaoh didn't want Israel to keep their eyes up. He wanted them so focused on their burdens that they couldn't rebel, right? You realize that, that we are in rebellion against the prince of the powers of this world, right? We're in rebellion against Satan. And so I encourage us to look up and to remember the burdens that we're carrying, we don't need to carry. I hope that's encouragement to you. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. 
If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.